You're listening to You've Got This, episode 31. Welcome to You've Got This, a weekly podcast for higher education professionals looking to increase their confidence and capacity for juggling the day-to-day demands of an academic life. I'm your host, Dr. Katie Linder. As an avid reader and writer, I'm thrilled that this episode of You've Got This is sponsored by Stylus Publishing, a leading independent U.S. publisher that focuses on books for teachers, administrators, and policymakers in higher education. YGT listeners receive a 20% off discount for all books purchased through the Stylus website at www.styluspub.com using code YGT20. So make sure to check out their catalog to see if you can find your next great read. Hello. On this episode, I am back with my second book review of 2017. And um, this month, I'm reviewing a book called The Coach's Guide for Women Professors Who Want a Successful Career and a Well-Balanced Life uh, by Rena Seltzer. And I want to start by saying this book has so much practical advice that goes beyond gender. So I do think this is a book that could be applicable to um, male faculty members or male administrators. And really, anyone who works with women in a higher education environment would be benefited from this book just as much as maybe women readers would be. Um, so uh, if you're kind of listening to the title and thinking, you know, maybe this isn't for me, stick around and maybe listen to a little bit about what's in this book. One of the things I think that's actually incredibly well done about this book, um, and I have to admit, I was a little bit skeptical. I think, I, I don't know, I came to this book and was just kind of wondering you know, is this going to be a book that's really pushing work-life balance, which um, for me is always kind of a challenge because I love my work and I definitely don't feel like I have a typical balance situation. But I was really pleasantly surprised with the practicality of this book and how it goes pretty deeply beyond just teaching, research, and service to talk about a range of other topics like networking and social support, Uh, the academic job market, authority, voice, and influence, um, things like negotiation and uh, leadership. There were a lot of elements of this book that I just really felt um, were going pretty deep into the academic career and the kinds of things that people might need to think about as they really try to grow and um, develop themselves as scholars, teachers, and administrators. So I thought I would go through the book a little bit and just share some of the little tidbits that I I pulled out of each chapter. Um, The other thing I just want to say as well is the author of this book does an incredible job of dealing with issues of diversity and inclusion. Um, It is a book clearly focused toward women, but the kinds of things that she discusses around um, the roles that women play with their family in terms of being caretakers, both of their children and their parents and other people in their lives, but also that she has deep discussions about the roles of women of color and um, kind of the different challenges that various populations of women will face in higher education. And it goes beyond the surface level. Um, there are a lot of components of this book that I was very impressed with how many resources are offered and how what kind of a deep understanding the author has of each of these areas. For example, the teaching and learning chapter, um, you know, I think sometimes it can be 
some of the books I've read about teaching and learning um, that are kind of how-to guides are pretty surface level. And the kinds of resources that were recommended in this chapter were the ones that I recommend over and over again to the faculty that I work with um, when I'm doing coaching on teaching and learning. So I just felt like there were so many aspects of this book that just um, were real home runs. So um, the first chapter that I'm going to pull a little tidbit from is one on how to have more time. And I actually tweeted out while I was reading this chapter, this is a chapter about, um, among other things, learning to say no. And literally while I was in the middle of reading it, I received an email asking to have me do like one extra thing. And I just immediately said yes. And I thought, okay, I, I really do need to read this chapter and pay attention to it. One of the things that I took away from this chapter was um, Rena, the author, Rena Seltzer, talks about how everything takes time. And that we have this fantasy that some of the things that we do don't take much time or that it won't add up to a lot of time. And this is just false. Everything takes some amount of time. And when you give one thing the amount of time it needs, you're taking away from something else in terms of where you could be spending that time. And whether that's, you know, your research and writing or work you need to do around your house or spending time with your children, it could be just about anything. Um, we do need to acknowledge that these things are taking time maybe away from other things we want to prioritize. So that was very insightful for me. On the chapter on establishing a productive uh, writing practice, one of the things that I really liked that the author focuses on here is backward planning. And this is actually something that I co-wrote an article about with a group of people when we applied backward design for a course design to our writing practice in a writing group. And we talked about the kinds of ways that we thought about, you know, our ultimate goals with a writing piece and how that helped to drive us and to motivate us um, in terms of planning our writing. And so this section in this chapter on kind of planning writing projects and using backward planning was um, a really nice reminder for me and one of the things that I really loved about it. Um, in the teaching and learning chapter, there was a lot of stuff that I have kind of already learned or seen in other places, but I did get this reminder that was like a complete aha moment for me. It kind of blew my mind. There's a section on assessment and grading in this chapter where Seltzer talks about um, some strategies actually pulled from a book by Wolverd and Johnson, or sorry, Wolverd and Anderson um, from 2009 that I actually really love. Um, it's called uh, effective grading. And they talk about how when you're trying to limit your feedback that you're giving to students, you should write only comments that pertain to your learning goals for your class. And it's so logical, but it like completely blew my mind because I think about all the people who feel like they need to just do like, you know, incredibly comprehensive grammar checks for their students. And in some cases, maybe that's a learning goal that you have, but in other cases, it's really not. And so you can look to your course goals and objectives to say, what are we really focusing on learning in this course and how can I shape my feedback to really be about that? And it will really limit the time and attention you have to give to other things. So I loved that tip. Um, in the chapter on work-life balance, uh, which is one I probably should read multiple times um, to kind of glean everything I can from it, there was a section on taking time for rest and recovery. And one of the things that Seltzer says is that as a scholar, your primary instrument is your brain. And one way to sharpen that instrument is through rest and relaxation. And this part of the chapter was a section I read with a lot of interest because I've actually realized um, in the past maybe six to eight months or so 
because I'm juggling so many projects, my short-term memory has really been impacted by that. And I need to keep a lot of lists and make sure things are really kind of in front of me so that I remember to do certain things that are very important. And um, it's actually, you know, the section on our brain kind of being our primary instrument was really a nice reminder to me that you do need to rest and you do need to give your brain a break and get plenty of sleep and, you know, give it a chance to move things into long-term memory because it does impact you once you're kind of trying to juggle a lot of things. You know, your brain will respond and say, this is too much. And um, she does give an example of a professor who, who had a memory kind of impact because she was juggling so many things. And so um, that was kind of interesting to read and a nice reminder for me that I need to um, make sure that I'm giving my brain a rest when I need to. The chapter on networking and social support um, had one of my favorite kind of tips in it. And this is something that I stumbled on in my own career, and I wish someone had talked to me about it earlier. And that is kind of the difference between having a mentor and having a sponsor. And Seltzer describes having a mentor as someone where they're providing kind of support and advice, but a sponsor is someone who goes a step further and will actively promote you within an organization or for a particular job, like they are trying to get you to the next step. And there are a couple people in my life who've served as active sponsors for me, kind of not necessarily at my request, um, but they are the ones who will give my name to, you know, search firms, or if there's a position that opens up in my national organization, they'll make sure my name gets mentioned for it. Um, They volunteered me for certain things that they knew that I was going to be interested in um, and just made sure I'm kind of on the right people's radar for things. And this is something I think we don't realize that we can set up in our professional lives, that we can ask people to play this role for us. Um, And I think it's especially true if you're moving into administrative positions where you need someone to advocate for you with a search firm. You need to go seek out a sponsor who can help you to do that. Um, So that was something I really liked about that chapter. Um, In the chapter on tenure promotion in the academic job market, I really appreciated, um, although this is not my own experience, but I know so many people who've struggled with this, there is a a section that goes several pages on dual career academic couples and the challenges they have with um, dual career hiring, questions they should be asking um, about kind of what their plans are. Having spousal competition when you have a dual career couple. And this is probably one of the more in depth discussions I've ever seen of this. Um, and again, this is, I am not a dual career academic couple. My partner is not in academia. Um, but it's one of those things that I know a lot of people struggle with. So this is one of the um, parts of the book that I paid a lot of attention to and, and thought it could be helpful for people. In the section on authority, voice, and influence, this was another one of my favorite sections of the book uh, because she talks about things like questions and hedging and apologies. And this is something I've been thinking a lot about lately because I saw something on Instagram, of all things, where someone was talking about instead of apologizing, you should express gratitude. So for example, when someone says, they walk into a room and they say, oh, I'm sorry I'm so late to this meeting. Instead, you could say, thanks so much for your patience. Um, I was running a little bit late today. So instead of expressing an apology, you express gratitude. And so this is something I've actually really been trying to do in my own life in various areas where I feel like I might typically apologize. Instead, I ask 
uh, I express gratitude and thank someone for their flexibility or their patience um, with a particular situation. So this chapter was really interesting because it, it does very much get into kind of the gendered things that women in particular are more likely to um, lean toward in terms of the kinds of things they might say in a conversation. The section on negotiation um, was also super fun to read. The author goes way beyond negotiating just within a job market situation into kind of day-to-day life and how you might negotiate a range of things in your career, like a a deadline, for example. You might say you need more time for something and, and learning how to negotiate that. My favorite thing about the chapter, though, was there's a box, an inset box, with a bunch of resources that she recommends on women in negotiation. And there's a couple books in here that are some of my favorites, and I've read them um, on women in negotiation. One's called Women Don't Ask um, by Babcock and Leshiver, and the other is called Ask For It uh, by those same authors. And I found those to be incredibly helpful. So this is another one of those chapters where I just thought the recommended resources were just right on in terms of what she was recommending people take a look at. In the section on life after tenure, the thing that I really kind of appreciated about what Seltzer talks about is the opportunity for people who've received tenure to advocate for the people who are below them in terms of rank. And she specifically talks about advocating and championing women and people of color um, and members of other historically underrepresented groups. But this is one of those areas that I think people sometimes get tenure and they're so relieved and then they get into kind of a rut and they're not quite kind of sure what to do next. And one of the things that she really points out is you now are in a position of power where you can advocate in really important ways. So um, that was a section of that chapter I really liked. And then in the final chapter on leadership, one of the things that Seltzer talks about, which I know I've talked about on this show in the past, is emotional intelligence and the importance of having emotional intelligence, really honing that as a skill, learning the act of listening well to the people around you and um, how to engage with people on that level of emotional intelligence. And um, I cannot say enough how important emotional intelligence has been to my own career growth into my own abilities to present well, to read a room, um, to interact with my staff. So um, loved that Seltzer talked about that. So again, this is the coach's guide for women professors who want a successful career and a well-balanced life. But as you can see from some of the little tidbits I pulled out from each chapter, this is a book that goes beyond women readers. Um, Clearly, it's helpful for women and probably particularly Um, women who are feeling like a minority in maybe their field or they are a racial minority, um, they would also really be benefited by this book, I would imagine. Um, The author is incredibly respectful about these topics and also dives really deep into them. Uh, She gives a lot of examples from her own clients that she's worked with and clearly has a deep knowledge of higher education and a lot of the factors that are really um, hindering women from succeeding. So um, I'm excited that we're going to give away a few copies of this book to YGT listeners. And uh, what we're going to do this month um, for our giveaway is, again, on social media, 
I would love for you to talk about what is kind of the next part of your career that you would really like to work on in higher education. And it could be anything. It could be something that I mentioned in this review. It could be, you know, something like grant writing or you want to publish in, you know, the top journal in your field. But what's kind of your next big goal with your career that you're working on? And go ahead and post that to Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter and use the hashtag YGT giveaway. And I'll go ahead and put all of this in the show notes for this episode, but we would love to have you enter into our giveaway to to win a copy of The Coach's Guide for Women Professors. This book, I would also say, makes an excellent gift for someone who is um, junior or also mid-career. I did feel like some of the topics in this book were for people who are a little more advanced in the field. So it's definitely something you could give to someone who's just starting out. But if someone's you know is mid-career and they're really trying to figure some things out in terms of their next steps, um, this would be an excellent guide for them. So thanks for checking in with this uh, week's episode and this month's book review. I want to thank Stylus for providing some of these books for our listeners, and I hope you'll enter into the giveaway, again, with hashtag YGT giveaway on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, letting us know what is the next big goal that you have in your own career for higher education. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Katie Linder, and I'll be back next week with a new episode. Show notes and transcripts for each episode of You've Got This can be found at ygtforyouvegotthispodcast.com. That's ygtpodcast.com. Don't forget that if you're looking for a good book, this episode of You've Got This is sponsored by Stylus Publishing, a leading independent U.S. publisher that focuses on books for teachers, administrators, and policymakers in higher education. YGT listeners receive a 20% off discount for books purchased through the Stylus website at www.styluspub.com using code YGT20. To comment on today's show, suggest a topic for me to discuss, or ask a question that could be featured in a future episode, connect with me on Twitter at Katie double underscore Linder or at YGT underscore podcast or by emailing feedback at ygtpodcast.com. You can also hear from me each week on the Research in Action podcast, available in iTunes, and via my Learn Like a Boss weekly email newsletter. Subscribe to this newsletter at katielinder.work to receive an essay focused on topics like productivity, resilience, and what it means to learn like it's your job delivered directly to your inbox each week. If you find that you've got this podcast to be a helpful resource, please consider leaving the show a review in iTunes. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And tell your friends and colleagues, the best promotion for the show is definitely word of mouth. If you want to learn more about my work and projects or how to hire me as a consultant, workshop facilitator, or speaker, visit my website, katielinder.work. Thanks for listening.